This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons. You can head on over to patreon.com forward slash hoscalecustoms or hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support if Patreon is not your thing. And you can find out a couple different ways to support our show as well as um, get in on some exclusive content and be able to ask us questions directly that we'll read out directly on the show. We also want to thank two new patrons, Leon Clark and Nicholas Carlson. So thanks, guys. So with that, we are also going to announce this week's or this last week's contest winner. It is George Files, and he put up a picture of a box fan that he attached some filters to. Um, it's a 20-inch box fan that he uses to uh, spray paint in front of with spray paint. So it catches the overspray. Uh, that's an ingenious idea. I would have never, or it's a genius idea, whatever, one of the two. We would have never thought of that. We love it. Uh, so, George, you get a kit this week from RailroadKits.com. You'll get a HO Scale Customs koozie, and um, we're going to ship that out to you uh, the beginning of next week, so Monday. But um, congratulations, George, and thank you for everyone else that participated. Again, we're going to have another contest this week, so you guys have another chance to win an HO Scale, I'm sorry, a RailroadKits.com. I apologize. RailroadKits.com kit. Um, they have sent us some awesome kits for our contest. And again, we're going to keep pumping these kits out to you guys. So participate and uh, just all you have to do is comment with a picture, win a free kit and a koozie. So how much cooler is that? And we are going to jump into this week's contest, which is asking you guys to send us a photo or comment a photo on our pinned post on our Facebook page of a model or a model scene that is humorous or off the wall odd. So it could be a funny sign, could be something that you just build into your layout or your diorama or uh, even on a, a funny sign or some funny graffiti on a rail car or a guy peeing in a corner or whatever it is, bar fight, something, any kind of funny scene that you like, uh, just comment or email it to podcast at hoscalecustoms.com just for you guys that don't have Facebook and uh, get entered to win a kit from railroadkits.com. So who doesn't want a kit? Send us a picture, win a kit. All right, guys, let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Lunchtime Pocket with Tony Brett Wiley. Of H.O. Scale Customs. I can't say that. Say, of H.O. Scale Customs. H.O. Scale Customs. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. All right. So, yeah, you guys heard my daughter earlier. This is episode 75 of the Benchtime Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. Um, we're at episode 75. That's like a, it's another milestone episode in my books every 25 it's a yeah. kind of another big one. So this it week is. we have a return guest, and he's now brought a sacrifice to the show, right? He's brought a <laughs> uh, he's brought his. Uh, we have we have Jake Johnson and and Dave Meek. So welcome, Jake, and welcome to your first appearance on our show, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, hi, Dave. It's, and great, I, it's great to be here. And I was joking about the sacrifice. I was joking about sacrifice. Um, it's uh, it was just no, fun. Not. I'm not. <laughs> it's it's it is a rule when when people are on for their first time that we tell them 
Well, you know, you know Dave's been Dave's on our website, on yeah. our Facebook page. It's and about time. Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not like he's a stranger here, other than the fact that we haven't talked to yeah. him yet. So but, this, is, this is awesome. But Jake and Dave are both part of Crescent Creek Models now, and um, right. I know they got a lot of stuff going on, so I kind of want to hand it over to them and yeah. have them talk a little bit about what they're working on. I know uh, we talked a little earlier. Um, they can't go into some things, but let's just hear what Jake and Dave have been up to. What have you guys been working on? With Crescent Creek well, Models. Dave, do you want to talk about it or do you want me to? Well, 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 before we get started, before we get rolling, let's let's talk yeah. a little bit about Dave. I mean, we know Jake is, uh, you know, with, with he was with Disney Imagineer, Pro Miler, the whole works. We've, we've had a whole show on him and is does amazing work. We love his stuff and uh, just super creative and just amazing models. Um, there's a lot of people that that love talking to Jake and, and seeing what he's got. I even talked to uh, a couple of our other guests that said that they are just fascinated with uh, Jake's work. And, um, but um, let's, uh, can we, can we, let's find out a little bit about Dave uh, and what his background is. Dave, what's your background in modeling? And, and uh, I know you, uh, you know, from Facebook, I saw that you were a commercial artist and, yeah. um, but, yeah, give us a little background about Dave and well, how you got going on and how you got into the model railroading into this. Oh, how I got into the model railroading. Well, you know, you know that everybody tells a story about you know they had the Lionel train set when they were kids and stuff like that, and that got them into it. That's not what happened with me. Wow, you're uh, first. <laughs> no, no. See, see, here, here's what it was. My older brother had the cool train set. Ah. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't let me touch it. He wouldn't let me oh. play with it. So uh, yeah. So that kind of developed into a fascination that uh, that later on. So I got into N scale in the seventies when it was new. Remember when nothing ran? And <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, you know, I remember that. I, could I was you know I was fourteen. It was all I could afford. So basically, since I was uh, you know a, a young kid and until now and i'm an old kid now so um yeah all my life so in scale and then i did a little ho and then a little uh, more recently well within the last 12 15 years into on30 uh -huh. and uh yeah and it's just always been something i've done and amazingly people have put up with it so, <laughs> now here you, we are you do you do uh Modeling of the trains themselves, um, structures, all of it. What do you do? Uh, my main my main interests are, are structures and scenery. Right. Uh, but I do, yeah. I but I I'll build anything. <laughs> right now I'm working <laughs> on. Uh, I'm, I'm backdating a Bachman locomotive, making it more of a, an 1880s style. So yeah, just just about anything. Um, but primarily structures and scenery is my main. It's my main. Gig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you're, you're, you've, you're obviously you have a background in commercial art, and then you, right. you do, I saw, said paintings, dimensional work, cards, and gizmos. What, what's that all about? What's that gizmo? <laughs> what, what well, I, I, like to make, I, I like to make things that move, you know. Okay. So that, that can be, that can be like, uh, getting a Nerf gun and steampunking it out. So, like, you're, you're kind of into the art of tinkering. 
I'm into the art of tinkering. Yeah, I like to learn new things. I like to learn we're, how to do we're, new things and make new things. Can I ask you a, a curious sure. question? Um, were you sure. a, were you a kid that uh, always tore your toys apart when you when you and tried? Yes. To, yeah. You remember the remember the remember the show Toy Story? The movie, yeah. The movie Toy Story. And Andy, the nice sweet kid. Yeah. The, you know, and he had all the toys. And then there was the nasty kid next door who <laughs> right. took everything apart and right. put it back together in different ways. That was me. I was the other kid. I was I was Sid. Sid, yes. You know, not not the nice Andy. Because, you know, you that was what was fun. I would take everything apart to find out how it worked, you know, if it had any kind of a part. That was, uh, and, I've done that. And then sometimes I could put it back together so it worked, but not always. More often than not, that was how my toys ended up is, is uh, right. In, right. in pieces. Yes, they did. Yeah, we put G.I. <laughs> Joe's head on another, you know, on Barbie and uh, yeah, all that. Stuff. Definitely. I just had to add. My, when... mother was frustrated. My mother was frustrated with me for a long time because I took the trash compactor apart. So I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I couldn't get a put back together. I took my alarm clock apart. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy. Oh, oh my goodness. So that, that, that explains steampunk. is like... It's like the perfect, you know, type of art or art form for you, right? That, right. That, in that regards, yeah. yeah. All the gears and and sure. yeah, that's that's fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. So now, how did you and Jake? How did you guys meet, and what go from there, guys? Well, well I, 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 Dave and I should go back and forth with this, but um, Dave and I met at Fullerton Railroad days. And we had a mutual friend who had built a Disney-themed layout. He built a Nature's Wonderland layout. And this is in California. And Dave came out. Yeah, this is in California. Okay. Dave came out to see Sam, and I came out to see Sam because I had built my Big Thunder layout at, at Disney. Well, I don't want to say it's mine, but uh, you right. know, I worked on it with them. And so Dave and I got to talking, and that's how Dave and I got to be friends through Sam. And Dave and I have a few things in common. We both grew up in Orange County, going to Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm. We both were Jeep tour guides in Sedona, and now yeah. we're both, you know, uh, model railroaders. So it's it's uh, really kind of uh, interesting. Oh, that's cool. How this is all about. Yeah, I went, we, we, I went out to see. Uh, I've been following. Both of us have been following Sam Toller's amazing work for years. And this is a kid. Speaking of being 14 years old. He started modeling this thing when he was 13, 14 years old, and it was a chance to go see it in person, and uh, that's where we met. And there was a whole bunch of Disney people there, and so that was uh, that was a fun day. Very cool. And I got to meet Jake, and and you know, he was wearing a funny hat, and uh, <laughs> we just got done, we just got done talking about a funny hat. <laughs> I said I like this guy because I like funny hats. So, uh, we hit it, we hit it off right away. The best people wear funny hats. There you yeah, go. Right. Talk to the guy. Yeah. Talk, talk. You can talk yeah. to the guys with the yeah. funny hats because they're the best. They got the best stories. Yeah, hat oh, yeah. character, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you ever come to my studio in, in Arizona and Jerome, you'll see there's. It's like I've got quite the collection of hats all over the world. Cowboy hats and very cool railroad hats. Every kind, all kinds of historic hats. And I actually wear them. Yeah. Love and, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's kind of frightening, really. <laughs> so Dave and I decided to start Crescent Creek Models uh, quite by accident. I wanted to start building some structures uh, as kits because you guys had already 
seen some of my laser stuff and I've been talking about it and I really wasn't sure where to go with it. And I had made some model parts for a mutual friend of ours. And Dave's like, well, I'd really like that same model, but I want you to change a few things on it. And I went, well, uh, gosh, you know, if I, if I give you a great deal on it and my buddy who I've already made it for finds out about it, I'm in trouble. So um, <laughs> let's just go into business together instead and you'll get your parts and I'll, we'll work something out. And, and it's a kit that we can't really release. <laughs> no. Once again, we're and we talked about right. it over and over again. We really want to make this. It's like, nah, we made a couple. Yeah, right, right. It's like we could, we could do it better, but we can't do it. Uh, <laughs> we can't you know, really I, do I, it. Going, going back to the first time we met, Jake, uh, I remember you saying to me, I, I don't know if it was that time or the next time at Razor someplace, something you said, uh, you know, we should collaborate on something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, And I didn't know and what. Like, and, you, and you said, I have no idea. <laughs> but we should, we should collaborate on something. So, hey, now we are. You got a cool birdcage theater out of it, as I recall. That's true. That is that, that gets a lot of comments. That's a great. That's a model. sick model, man. You made a great model out of that the birdcage theater. Was awesome. <laughs> it, looks, it looks even better in person. That's beautiful. It's yeah. Really nice. Yeah. I mean, and we're gonna talk a little I'm bit about you guys. If you guys yeah. now, I, I I noticed you guys, but also I, I guess it's it's Dave. At, uh, has a Thunder Meg, the Thunder Mesa Mining Company Railroad, and yeah, um, is and that's your creation, Dave. That is that is my creation, the Thunder Mesa Mining Company. Yes. Okay. It's the ON thirty model railroad. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Now, um, yeah, and and you know what we need to do is we need to put we're going to put some links up, and we'll have them on okay. the on the on the uh, write up on Friday when we when this goes uh, live. And um, that way, people can check out some of the uh, photos from your from your uh, Thunder Mesa uh, Thunder Mesa Mining Company Railroad uh, Facebook page. Um, cool. But um, you know, the, the the work that I see on yours and with Jake's other work that he's done with his, you know, was that Thunder Mount? What was that? What was that mount mountain again? Oh, Big Thunder Mountain. The, Big Thunder the Mountain. Coaster model. They're very very. You, you you guys capture the West, you know, and and the, right. you know, the, the 19th century West, in fact, and it's it's mm. really 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 impressive. It it has that flavor. The modeling quality is of what you would see if you saw something like that in a you know public tour, you know, place like in a place like Disney or or a theme park place, and it's that quality of modeling. I mean, this is it's. It's impressive, you know, both of you guys. Well, thank you very much. And I, but I saw similarities. I saw a lot of similarities. So have you guys worked on anything together for the layouts themselves, modeling-wise? It's going to happen, but no, not yet. Go ahead, Dave. There's a project we're working on, and then the birdcage, and then some other things we'll probably oh, okay. pipe. Go ahead. I didn't know yeah, if you had like a structure on Dave's model or Dave on Dave's railroad, and Dave had a structure maybe on your railroad or something like that. But well, I have, um, the Birdcage Theater is the only thing that Jake has built that's on the railroad, and, it, and it's beautiful. But but what we do is we we are constantly bouncing idea every day. 
bouncing right. ideas back and forth. Yeah, you know, we both work in uh, Adobe Illustrator uh, to create these uh, these uh, model plans and things like that, and we we bounce them back and forth all the time. And he'll suggest something, or I'll suggest something, and you know, so we're constantly collaborating on stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 It's so it's it's, just... a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's it's quite impressive work that you guys do. I love, you know, the the there's an ingenuity with your building that I don't see with normal East Coast style model railroading. And um, normal. <laughs> it's a different aesthetic, you know. Um, it's a different aesthetic, guys, and and I think Dave will agree with me. We're trying to capture two things, kind of rolled into one: the historic West. And the yeah. sort of Hollywood West, you, and maybe the theme park version of the Wild West. I'm actually. And these things kind of romanticized all across the world, uh, I, and and I think that we kind of want to throw that story and that flavor into our personal stuff as well as the product. I'm actually that we come out with. I'm actually very excited for you guys, um, because I really think you're hitting a very underserved part of the modeling community when you're with, by creating this stuff, um, you're, you're, Gosh, I hope so. You, I, well, I mean, my dad and I were, my dad and my dad and I were talking about this. We, at least with what we see and what, and, and, and this isn't anything against, obviously we love all of the stuff that, that we've been getting already. And, and you probably, mm. you guys have probably been seeing us build. It's a lot of Northeastern sea. Oh, yeah. she, she, oh my gosh, she shore, she, she, she picked, she sells by the she shore. However you say that it's a lot of Northeastern <laughs> seaside, um, uh, type structures, you know, the, the mm. new England towns. And, um, right. there's really not a large, uh, like it's not a large supply or a large, uh, variety of things that are out west, at least from what we see. Now there are a few other kit manufacturers that do some stuff that is kind of similar to yours, but it's still such a small, I think, underserved part of the oh, absolutely. market. Absolutely. Um, so and and there's and there's plenty of layouts that and there's plenty of layouts and plenty of railroads that people do that are out that way, especially historic railroads right. um, that would benefit greatly from what you guys do. Or are planning yeah, to do. Yeah, what I what I've seen, what I've noticed uh, is that most of the stuff that is available for Western modelers is very Denver and Rio Grande Western specific. Yes, it's all yes. it's all it's very it's very Colorado narrow gauge. Right. And but there's hey, a hey, lot hey. more. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, I love Colorado, especially <laughs> 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 SS3, Jake. Those are fighting words. Uh, yeah, I love Go it. Ahead. I love it, but. My approach is, you know, and Jake touched on this, is 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 kind of the Hollywood West. It's the what I, what I call the imaginary West. And I might get in trouble for this because people are, you know, there's been this drive in model railroading constantly for make it more realistic, more realistic. And my approach to it has always been, well, tell me a good story. Yeah. You know, I I approach it from a story aspect. Is is, uh, you know, how how do I best get this story across yeah and so uh so it's kind of the, that it's kind of a blending between like jake said between the real west and the imaginary <laughs> it's a little bits and pieces you and you have to do an enormous amount of historical research right to be able to work in that visual language to be able to you know 
put those things together so that they make sense to people's eyes. And is it is it is it kind of a mix between um, realism and a little bit of artistic um, freedom and a little bit of a like? Um, oh yeah. A, a little bit of what do you <laughs> yeah. want? To call, what's yeah. the word for it? Um, artistic license. Artistic license. Yeah, artistic but you're okay, you're embellishing. I'm sure you embellish some things to make them look a little bit more. Um, to bring them to bring features out a little bit more, and then you you got to make sure you don't over embellish so it looks like totally fake. But you're you're, you're probably riding a fine line with, well, with it's what you very do. I think it's more colorful than what we do in our modeling here in the East. I mean, I see in their work. I see what well, that's what I was trying to express earlier, and I Is failed it, to do so. But it's um it, it's you know richer tones in the earth and. And you know that brighter orange uh, you get with the Sierra West, you know, and the the mm. entire. Um, well, I just you know, meant the, the the green and and the and the blue sky. You get you get that feel for when I see it. I was like, wow, this is really bright and, and colorful and very imaginative of what we would think of as the old style West, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's totally what I'm after. It's, it's, I live, uh, about a, a half an hour away from Sedona and I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Sedona, Arizona, but that's that famous place with the beautiful red rocks and mm-hmm. then it has that incredible sky. And, and some people, you know, uh, and I, I sometimes from the East coast and they haven't seen that kind of thing. They look at my scenery and say, Oh, well that's not realistic. And I show them a picture of Sedona. <laughs> so here it is. This is exactly. It looks exactly like that. It's a red rock, a deep blue sky. Exactly. And it is. A, it is a incredibly colorful. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to capture. And, and it that's makes really your, the inspiration for the scene. It makes your structure yeah. pop. It really makes it yeah. pop. And and yeah. and the train. If it's train, you had a couple scenes I've seen on some of your photos where you have a, a you know a locomotive on a track that's in front of mm-hmm. a station that kind of thing, and the, and the, the train pop. The train pops too because it's a steam air. It's a steam air engine, and it's got that old right. west style to it. So everything's brightly right. colored or painted. It's beautiful, and um, I love it because it, it still has the realism look. It still has some of that weathered look, and so it's not like it's totally. It's not cartoonish, okay? No. It's not like that at all. It's just beautiful, and it's very yeah. bright and vibrant. Yeah, I mean, the people that inspired me were, you know, John Allen and, mm-hmm. and John Olson and Malcolm Furlow. And, and oh, my God, Malcolm Furlow. I remember him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. remember, I mean, I just used to pour over those articles uh, <laughs> when, yeah. I was, when I was younger and just go, wow, that's what I wanted to do. And all of those guys and me, and I think, you know, have the same thing in common, which is, you know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Right, right. <laughs> and Jake was Jake and I were both cheap tour guides too, so that also applies there. You know, oh, you know, that's are worse to live by. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you know, do it. Yeah. So I, I my my approach to the whole thing, the whole theme of Thunder Mesa anyway, is once upon a time in the Wild West. Yeah. It's not a specific place. Yeah. Uh, the time period is somewhere between 1890 and 1910. Yep. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's meant to evoke that same kind of mythical landscape you see in the old John Ford Westerns and things like that. Right. Where, you know, er- everything was filmed in Monument Valley. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, it was no. supposed to be Texas, but it was filmed in Utah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. Wow. So that, that's that's what I'm really after there. Oh, and and that's and you capture it, and it, you know it's it's awesome. I mean, 
the um, that Jake does as well with his. I mean, that's I, that's why I saw the similarities between the two. Of you guys, you you really you really bring that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, and there's that there's that Disney influence too that mm-hmm. we both have. You know, we both yeah. grew up in 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 Southern California next to Disneyland and spent an awful lot of time there. <laughs> so that was like that was like our and and Knott's Berry Farm. That was our first you know introduction to you know a the west was oh right. frontierland and b and railroads for that matter exactly <laughs> that was the first steam engine i ever saw the first real steam engine i ever saw was at disneyland wow and it was you know and it was, it was a lifelong love affair it's like wow that's that's great i, <laughs> I want one of those yeah you know? I, w- I wish I could fit a real one in my backyard, but I can't. So. <laughs> but we're working on that. Yeah, you get one of those like uh, the. You ever seen the ones that are like, um, I don't know what scale they are, but they're they're like two feet tall. You can drive them around like mm-hmm. a. Get one of those little miniature steam yeah, engines. You, usually seven and ca- seven and seven and a half or seven and a quarter inch gauge. Oh, Fifteen yeah, inch live, live steam. Fifteen inches is good too. But that's, there you uh, go. That's. I'm that's sure my good. wife would love that if I had that running around tearing <laughs> tearing up the yard. <laughs> Well, that's what Walt Disney had in, in his backyard. That's how <laughs> that's how Disneyland started. He he had a, a seven and a quarter inch gauge. Someone's going to catch me on that. It's either seven and a quarter. Or seven and a half, <laughs> not on this show. I <laughs> promise. Like, no, Dave. Wrong. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, not our show. In our show, man. We're... No one will catch you on that one. But yeah. uh, okay, good. Um, but yeah, he had that in his backyard. Yeah. and that was it. that was you know that's what started everything they say it all started with a mouse it actually all started with a train with a tr- yeah, yeah with a steam so. train yeah <laughs> i had a, a similar <laughs> incident where um i went to nuts berry farm and the guys got on the mm-hmm. train and they shot some blanks in the air and they robbed the train and the wooden coaches there that are 100 years old are creaking and twisting and yeah. these guys have got their bandanas on and i went oh cowboys riding you know on on trains every kid's dream oh man yeah. it was magic yeah, yeah. We both grew up and played cowboys too. Jake was uh, you did mounted action shooting, right? And I and I was cowboy yeah, mounted shooting, fun. single action shooting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so stuff. cool. Yeah. That's so we have cool. you know we had a lot in common ever before we met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I grew up you know in the seventies and eighties as well. Early well mm-hmm. early eighties anyways, and the late in, all through the seventies. And, um, you know, in the same era with you guys and, and, you know, in the East here, it's all about, you know, we want we saw trains all the time. You get the steam engines, every town had steam engines on weekends and they'd have wow. steamer, they'd have steam engine, uh, you know, festivals where they, you know, some of them were on tracks and some of them were, were guys that just pulled their steam engine on the back of a flatbed and dumped it in the field and they just run it, you know, and you're like, well, why did and, and, and you're as a kid, you thought that's so cool. It's loud. It smells. And <laughs> and you would uh, you know watch the steam engine. Are you talking about the steam... Apple Festival? Yeah, they yeah. did that Apple Festival too. But they did this when I was a kid all the oh, time. Okay. They had these steam these steam fairs, and everybody would go to mm-hmm. them. And the steamer would be pumping. You know, it was for some machine or came off of some machine. And you know, these old guys would get them running, and, and they most would judge it, them. Most of it. And I would look at it. Yeah, look at it as a kid and go. What the hell is it for? You know, <laughs> but <laughs> I knew, what the hell? Why do you, why would you do that? Why would you spend your whole day doing that? You know, but then as you get older, they, you know, you know, they also had steam engine trains, but you know, we had the, right. 
you know, we saw steam engine trains. We live in central PA. So, I mean, we're talking Lancaster and Harrisburg and, and Gettysburg. Uh, yeah, Baltimore, Gettysburg. There's all kinds of steam engine stuff in all these towns because it was so mm-hmm. popular back then. And, and uh, it's where it, it was, you know, obviously the hub of, of transportation was, was this region. So, uh, but, you know, to, to, to see it on the western side, the same, by guys that are the same age as I am and how they grew up looking at trains in a totally different light and, you know, it, it, looking at it right. on a different sty- style of railroad altogether. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's cool to hear the stories, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. A, one of the things when I was a young whippersnapper, one of the first books I ever got was a book by uh, Larry Jensen called uh, The Movie Railroads, and he had pictures of all these Hollywood movies shot from, you know, the silent era on up to today at places uh, like the Sierra Railroad, uh, old Virginia trucking equipment that Paramount and, and uh, MGM used to own that they made movies like Union Pacific with and, you know, all the way up to the point where they made The Gambler with Kenny Rogers and the Wild Wild West TV show. And so... You know, you you can actually go out and see these trains, the Petticoat Junction train of the Sierra Railroad. And so for us, these kind of uh, back to the future and, and all these old trains that have been kind of immortalized in, in the entertainment industry and, and being able to go see them really kind of uh, leaves a mark on you as far as what you find uh, and makes, you know, what you find uh, leaves an impression. Right. Wow. And it's a big Hollywood influence. Yeah. And it's well. Yeah. And they're well done like that. I mean, they're because I got a story. So, is there, um, <laughs> is there, when you saw those things, I mean, from those famous movies and such, you know, are they well restored or they're well in the good condition still? Is that, is that, they're all over the place in terms of restoration, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You can still see the, the, the baggage car that Butch and Sundance blew up in, in, in the movie back in the 60s. Uh, they, they made uh-huh. three different baggage cars for that. And, one of them is leveled down to splinters. One of them's in somebody else's backyard collection, and then one of them's in Durango. And so, you know, it's going to those places where these movies were made and go, oh, this is where Butch jumped onto the train. You, you just, you know, you, these, you these stories kind of fill your imagination when you go yeah. to places like Durango. And, wow. And uh, it leaves a mark on you. Or, yeah. or the the Coombers and Toltec on uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, oh yeah, right. They filmed that up there. Yeah, yeah. Now, now in California, what is there? Is there much train out there outside of? You, know, you were talking about Disney, but I mean, California still had. There was still a good deal of train steam engine train in California at the time. There's there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of. I I don't know what the numbers are, but I would say California is probably second only to Colorado, maybe, in the number of preserved uh, steam steam railways and museums that, that where you can go and see the real deal. You know, I mean, the, the, the uh, California State Railroad, Railroad Museum in Sacramento is unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's incredible. There's there's the big trees in, uh, um, in Santa Cruz, the uh, what's Santa Cruz, Right. Uh, uh, there's, cool. the, there's the yeah. There's the skunk train. Yosemite uh, has got a train. Yosemite uh, Shoreline, right? Yeah. Train. Oh right. wow. Sierra Railway. Yeah. So there's yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> when 
I know years ago, I, I uh, well, Brett was just, uh, I don't know how old you were at the time, Brett, like 10 or 12 or something like that. We went down to, we might have been younger than that even. We went to um, uh, Tennessee. We were taking a tour of, we did like, uh, you know, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Dollywood, mm-hmm. all that. And then we went to, then we went south to Chattanooga. We were going from town to town. And after that, we were going to Nashville. After we were done in Chattanooga, while well, we were going to Chattanooga, and we were going to see the whole—I don't know if you've been through Ch- Tennessee at all—but um, they have uh, Lookout Mountain and all these Ruby Falls and all this, this this touristy crap you read billboards for the whole way down. And um, <laughs> yeah, so of course we're gonna—you know—we have a ten-year-old kid, so we're gonna—we're definitely taking him. We, we have to—we have to because he's reading about it the whole way down. So we uh, had reservations. Uh, to to stay at the Holiday Inn, um, Chattanooga Choo Choo, okay, in Chattanooga, okay, because they had the real Chattanooga Choo Choo train there, and um, I was like, oh, this is awesome, you know, we can go there, we'll stay at the at the Holiday Inn Chattanooga, and they had a restaurant there, the whole works, so we get settled into the restaurant, and we out the, to walk out the courtyard there where they had the train. And they had some real cars, like dining cars and sleeping cars. And you could actually stay and sleep on the sleeping cars, uh, which was kind of cool. But the engine itself for the real Chattanooga Choo Choo train was, like, repainted, like, with it looked like it was repainted with, like, Sears paint. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was, it, was, it was awful. And I was like, standing, I was so anxious to see the Chattanooga Choo Choo train because they had it, they had like, a, they had these photos that were obviously doctored on their, on their website. They and sold it, was they sold it, their, they sold it big the end. And when you get there, it's like, yeah, in a triple oh, A book, that's the photographs that's it? and the triple A book were nice. And I was like, oh, I'm going to see this. And I'm like, and, and it was like, you know, when they, they paint it with the paint I just described, but it looked like it was peeling and chipping off, and you could see the rusty metal under. And I'm like, oh no! And it, what, this is—it was the poorest example of restoration I've ever seen in my life, if that's what it was. And I was—I wow. I stood there like, oh man, my the whole day is shot because of this, you know? Yeah. And I wanted to see this uh, Chattanooga Choo train, but luckily there was other stuff that we could do in the in the in the area, but not much, but. Anyhow. It's always a shame when you see a, a, a historic locomotive like that, which is very poorly restored or oh, yeah. restored at all, just rusting away. They gave so they fast. gave they gave Joe and Bob the maintenance guys that fix the laundromat <laughs> there. They gave them a bucket of paint and said, "Go out there and paint that thing. It's 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 starting. It needs right. a paint job. Here's black. Right. Here's red. Here's white. Have fun." Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, these restorations are very expensive <laughs> projects. I, I follow some of these groups on Facebook that are restoring yeah. locomotives, and my heart goes out to them for all the yeah. tireless work that they do. Oh, I agree. To with make that. this stuff still alive for us. Sure. Yeah, a huge I, part of the job is just fundraising, just to get yeah. the money. Yeah. To, oh, totally. To, to, to do it. In this uh, case, and there's not that many shops left anywhere in the country that still do. There's a pretty large one near us, actually, with um, the Strasburg Railroad. Yeah, in, Strasburg, okay. yeah, they're working on the Colorado narrow cage engine. If yeah, I'm not right. they have a monstrous uh, steam shop there. Um, so when you go, when you wow. go, when you go, and you take your kids or whatever to ride the the little, I don't know, a few miles out and back that they have on the on the track. Right. 
um, when you pass by a few sheds, I mean, there's a bunch, there's a couple good sized sheds where they have uh, different, you know, different steam locomotives that are all in different stages of repair that they repair for other other historic railroads. Um, right. Right there. So I mean, there's a they do quite a bit of work out of that little shop, and uh, it's pretty That's impressive when you go there because when you see you see them and they're in the middle of being restored and they're all in pieces and some of them are near being done and some of them are all the way torn down to the ground and they're working them all the way back up. Um, it's pretty impressive yeah. to see what they do. So, um, but in, in the case that I was talking about, Holiday Inn could you know dip into their bank account and, and spend some money. Oh, but then <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. right? I mean, they could have. You know, but then you wouldn't have this. Then you wouldn't have the story. Then you're right. going to go off track from what. Um, we were talking about a little bit, but it does stay on the track, uh, stay on line of uh, historic railroads. I kind of wanted to ask you quickly about how your experience went when you went out to go see the Golden Spike um, uh, National Historic Park. Wow. Okay. Was that fun? What? It was. It was fun, and it was a giant event. I have never seen anything so big. I was expecting, kind of like you guys a lot more historical reenactment, but I think a lot of it kind of uh, turned into kind of a modern uh, retelling and an updating of the story and, and kind of a celebration of what's happened over the last 150 years. Of uh, railroad. railroad. Had to get reservations to park. Uh, I, I got out there at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and there was cars everywhere. There was food trucks. There was tour buses. There was an outdoor gift shop because the inside one wasn't big enough. There was plastic chairs and barricades everywhere, TV cameras, uh, well, I mean, song and dance numbers, a stage. If you think about the historical significance of that, um, you know, yes. con- connecting, the, connecting those two lines together and, con- and basically connecting the country then at that point uh, – it was mon- it was a that was a monstrous monstrous deal. So I kind of just wanted to get a, get a quick uh, briefing on on your experience out there because I was jealous seeing you post those pictures. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we all were because we were all in the middle of we were all working in the middle of the day. And there, listener, like, like, listener listener out there. Like, you're in Austin. How'd you get to Austin? <laughs> Here's the thing about Jake. It's like even you know now that I've known him for a while too, and, I, and every once in a while I'll go and I'll I'll be you know I'll be wasting time on the internet as we do. No, none of us do bring that up, ever. I'll be watching <laughs> YouTube videos of, of some train event that happened like ten, twelve years ago, and I'll be like, oh, that looks fun. It's like, and there's Jake. He's there. <laughs> it's, like, it's like where's Waldo? I'm like, every time I bring one of these, there he is again. Including. He's in period well, clothing know, you, to boot, you know? He's dressed apart. You've got your priorities in order, Jake, is what I... Yeah, <laughs> you know, show up in the right outfit. You, you know, part of the reason I like to show up in the right outfit is no one asks you to get out of their picture. Yeah. That's true. You know, you got all and these foamers going, oh, my gosh, there's somebody in, in red sweat standing in front of my black locomotive and a backpack on, and just get them out of my shot. You know, and... <laughs> I don't. I don't end up being that guy, you know. No, yeah, that's great. No, no, I think it's great. Yeah, we did. uh, Well, we talked about this in the show before. We talked about before the show. uh, We've done the Civil War reenacting, and Brett and I can attest to the fact that uh, you know when 
spectators are anywhere on a battlefield or wherever. Mm. Um, they want to kind of get the perfect shot. And we would spend like weekends. Brett and I would get with a couple of our friends. We would dress in particular units gear and go out to Gettysburg and we pick a different unit each week because there are you know literally hundreds of different units that fought there. Cool. Right. And we we'd make up we we'd research and find the exact outfit they wore, go to Gettysburg, walk around the National Battlefield Park with our rifles. And um <laughs> but they don't normally allow that to people to do that. And uh, they love uh, the park rangers loved it. They would find us and they would say, you know, they would drive around because they, they'd see us do this every couple of weeks, you know. And they would see our group walking, like, you know, five, six, seven guys. And they would pull up and get their people out of their car tours and run up. The park rangers would go up and say, hey, you know, come up and talk to these guys and ask them about the clothing and the, you know, the equipment they wore and their guns and that. And we would talk to them. And then we'd move on. And we were retracing the step of a particular unit. But what was neat was, um, you know, the regular tourists that are there are t- taking photos and are trying to get that shot with, you know, the, the proper scene, whatever happened in that part of the battle, um, they don't want the other spectators on or the other visitors of the park because they're in modern clothing and there's cars in the background and crap like that. But with us, we could walk anywhere we wanted. They would actually have us pose for them and everything else. It was great, you know. And so I can imagine how that feels, Jake, when you're in a situation like that, so... Uh, people want to take a picture, you know, like you guys, uh, of guys dressed in, in great outfits, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. in a setting like that. So that's fun. Yeah. Right, right. costume is very important, friend. As, we've, as we've often said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, I had a similar thing when I was a, a tour guide in, in Sedona, and Jake and I have both done this. Uh, I my outfit, I dressed like a cowboy from the 1880s. That was that was our, oh, cool. that was our company. We all dressed up like that, complete with the six guns and the shafts and the hats and everything. And, oh wow, man! We spent half of our time just getting our picture taken all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, okay, here I'll stand here. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it, it was that uh, was that was a it, it, it sometimes gets old too after a while, but yeah. Well, and people would say, aren't you hot in that? Because this is, yeah, oh, yeah. aren't oh, you yeah. hot in that? And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes. Very. Yeah, why? Well, you learn, do you learn the, to get used the, to it, yeah. What were the beads of sweat rolling yeah, down my face? <laughs> was the, were the, what was the, the beads of sweat rolling down my face? Any indication of how warm this is? Or? Yeah. Well, I tell this is this is authentic frontier sweat you're seeing. One hundred percent realistic. Well, and it actually blew people's minds when we did reenacting that um, the uh, rifles that we used were were real, like the real they were mm-hmm. legitimate rifles. And um, right. oh, that's the question we got all the time: Is that a real gun? Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. we carry like single action, uh, you know, Remingtons or Colts or whatever. Sure. Yeah, they were probably very. Yeah, they they, they might have been. From the same manufacturers is what we got ours from. Yeah. The chances yeah. are the Italian yeah. repro. Uh, yeah. Ours were mine. Uh, ours was a my mine was a. I had an Antonio Zoli and I had a. Um, mm-hmm. I forget who did my who, my three band uh, rifle, but uh, it was an yeah, Italian. Italian. It was an Italian remake as well. But yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're the same ones that did the guns for the the, the Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns and stuff. The probably company Huberti did a bunch of. Oh, Huberti, yes. That's who made Yes. Uberti, yeah. But uh, I mean, they're 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 built to spec. I mean, they're they're 100 yeah. percent real. You can oh, yeah. fire a live round with them, and and people were like, <laughs> "What, really? That's wow! 
you guys probably ran the same thing. They're like, oh my gosh, that's a real firearm. So yeah. it's uh. Well, we do, we, do, we do like shootouts in the street. Me and my, we we would do we you know we'd arrange it with the town. Yeah, of course. The, oh, you just show up and do it, right? In the street with blanks. Yeah, no, you don't just start. <laughs> no, you let the police know ahead of time. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Gonna be shooting out blanks downtown. Yeah. Otherwise, they they get it. They get a little. They, they don't like that don't usually. Have. They don't yeah. like it at all. No. <laughs> anyway, boy, we got really off topic. Yeah, yeah where were we here? The <laughs> <laughs> we're still around the west. We're still yeah, the west. yeah. All right, roundabout. We're going to bring it back around. We're getting there. <laughs> so yeah. So now. Um, Crescent Creek model brainstorm, okay, that you guys yeah. have. Um, what's the direction here we're talking about w- with what you want to get into? I, I think we've already gone into most of it. Uh, you know, in terms of the subject matter, uh, maybe Dave can elaborate a little bit on it, but it's mostly that real West and Hollywood West and some, and know, be some obviously, like laser cut work. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I yeah. kind of rehash that. Do you guys want to go over um, some of the patron stuff? I know we got a bunch of questions from patrons. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. So we. we oh, sure. Yeah. All right. Um. So Dave, I, I'm sure you've listened to our show. We have our patrons, um, and they are what keep our show going. So uh, I'll do. The, I or we already did the announcement at the beginning of the show, but um, we are going to jump into the patron questions of the week. So. Uh, just like always, if right. you guys want access to this, um, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash HO scale customs and uh, figure out how you can become a patron to ask some questions like a few of our listeners did today. Um, and we're also, real quick shout out for our patrons. Um, we know there's a handful of our patrons that aren't on Facebook. And to be fair, for a long time, we were asking our questions only on Facebook. Um, and to open it up, we're, I don't know why I didn't do this earlier, but we're sending out emails now to everybody that is a patron. So if you aren't on Facebook and you are a patron, um, you will have access to be able to answer or to, to be able to request topics or ask questions for the show. That started this week, so this is the first week of that. But anyways, jumping into it. First couple questions it's really only two guys that blew up our questions but they have some good ones so i want to i really want to hit them uh uh, they have a bunch of good ones so we're going to start with from the bottom and go to the top with daniel banks questions um he's well we kind of covered thunder mesa thunder mesa pretty extensively um but dan was just saying he should ask the story behind dave's thunder mesa layout um i think we we covered that unless there's something like funny that, or some crazy story behind it that we should hear um i did we cover it in pretty how, how good detail is, how big is thunder mesa the thunder mesa is uh 16 feet by nine feet wide okay with about a three foot aisle in the front too oh wow so, uh, yeah and that's yeah. on3 it's 0-30, yeah. 0-30, yeah, 0-30. My dad just made up a scale tonight, guys. I did that one time before, and everybody jumped <laughs> my ass about it, but whatever. I am, you know. You're, you're Dave, allowed. You can make up scales. 0-3, I forgot the O, okay? I forgot the zero at the end, all right? Dave, you should you should go into the origin story of your layout, Let's because I think that that tells a real interesting story uh, about a lot of what you do. Oh... Uh oh! You know the designers coming the out with their sketch pad. 
Gotcha. The, 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 the imaginary uh, designers coming out with their sketch pads oh, to Thunder Mesa right. story. It's the, that, it's, that it's the prototype. Here's the thing. Yes, Thunder yes. Mesa ha, ha, has a Disney connection. Okay. And it's not just the name or the fact that the big spire looks like Thunder Mountain. It's, it's that, I, you know, I, I, want, I, I, I was at the park one day with my son when he was younger. And uh, we were in line for Big, for big Thunder Mountain. And it's always been my favorite ride at the park because it's the Wild West and it's got a lot of history and it's beautifully themed. It's, I, you know, I, for my money, it's still the best themed roller coaster ever done. So we're walking in there and I'm thinking, what if, you know, because I'm always looking at landscapes thinking, how could I fit a, a model railroad in here? <laughs> <laughs> so, I was thinking, so I started thinking, well, what if there was a real prototype for this? What if there was a real prototype, not just for this, but for all of the Disney railroads? Why, why are they those colors? Why do they run that particular equipment? And I know that they're, you know, a hodgepodge from all over. But I thought, well, what if there was one specific prototype for this? And that's what got me thinking about the Thunder Mesa layout. Well, I will create that prototype. I will, I will invent a prototype for the Big Thunder and the Nature's Wonderland and the, well, and the Disneyland Railroad. Uh, all in one, all in one place, hmm. uh, and then and so it it's kind of this elaborate backstory <laughs> I created for it, uh, and that it and then it survived into the present day, kind of like the Virginian Truckee did, and was rediscovered, and people like uh, Walt and Walt Disney and and Roger Brogy and uh, Ward Kimball and went out and with their sketchbooks and uh, took notes and that's how they got the ideas. So that, so that I, I can actually accuse Disney of stealing from me. Oh. Because, uh, I, <laughs> hey. Because I came up with the idea. In an alternate <laughs> universe. <laughs> so that's, that's, the, that's the overly elaborate backstory. I love it. Of the whole thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's very that's very cool, and we're gonna make sure we get some pictures of of that from you, if you don't mind, to show our listeners on the show notes. Um, sure, and of course, if they go to the website uh, Thunder Mesa yes. Studio, they will see lots and lots. That of will lots. also be in the show notes, Thunder Mesa Studio, yep. everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yep. Next question, also from da- these are just from. Da- I'm just gonna say Daniel blew this up today, but he's got a lot of good questions. Um, Daniel doesn't ask a lot of questions and he said that earlier uh, on the, on our group um but he saved them all for the last like year for this one episode apparently so um wow, I'm but they're good ones they're good ones so he did want to give you uh um let me see he sees the free sound downloads on your crescent creek model page are you creating your own sound files for these um are there any other sites you recommend for us based sound clips Oh, uh, yeah, I create those uh, myself. That's on the Thunder Mesa Studio website. Mm -hmm. I have a a section called Free Stuff where you can go and you can download. You know, there's a couple of little paper model kits, and there's some sound files and things that that I've created for stuff on the layout. And I was like, well, I'll just make this available for people who want it. Who who doesn't Um, mind Free Stuff? No. Yeah, exactly. You know what I would recommend if he's looking for other stuff like that? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you go, go to YouTube. Yeah. You, you can go to YouTube and, uh, if you find sound files that you like, and there's a lot of them, just do a search on YouTube. It's, it's easy to search YouTube for that stuff. 
And then you can go, there are free MP3 converters online uh, that you can just copy the URL of the video and put it into that MP3 converter and it'll turn it into a sound clip. And the beautiful... It'll lift the sound right out of whatever video you put. And the beautiful thing about that... play it on any... Any MP3 player. The beautiful thing about it, too, is if it's not for commercial use, right? And you're just doing it for your own entertainment purposes, I'm sure it's fine. Your own hobby Um, purposes. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's 100% fine. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Do not. This isn't legal advice. I'm not (laughs) saying that. But but if you're just you know, if you're just doing like a whatever, just for instance. Oh my goodness gracious! Here we go. if you want, you know, coyotes howling or something. Yeah, like that's that, what I meant. Find yeah. it on there, and then you and you got it. You know, uh, yeah. that's I, that's how that's actually I find some of those. I remix a lot of them, but yeah, that's that's where I found a lot of sign thoughts. So that would be my recommendation. That is a good YouTube idea. And an MP3 converter, which is also available free. It's all free. Very cool. Um, next yeah. one from Daniel. Do you use any force perspective? Um, yes. going from eight, oh my. and this is, and this question. is a loaded, this is a loaded question. So there's, it's a two part question. <laughs> Do you use force perspective? And then he says going from HO to N scale is a harsh change, but do you model anything just under scale or just over scale for the, uh, for edge of layout? So I guess when you're getting closer, mm. do you change your scale? Yeah. That, force perspective. And Jake will agree with me on this because he's been an imagineering. Is is both an art and a science. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know? Yes. There, there, it's 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 easy to mess up if you don't do it right. Um, but yes, I do use it. Um, I, I use it to not only make um, small things look bigger and further away, but also to make close things look better. Okay. And this is something I do that I don't think anybody else does, <laughs> <laughs> which is to make make sometimes make buildings a little bit taller than they would be at scale if they're if they're just below eye level, and that actually makes them look better than just staring huh. down at their roof. Yeah. That's a neat idea. So that so you're forced. So instead of looking at them when they're closer to you, your you when you're viewing the layout mm-hmm. or you're viewing the diorama. You make them taller to be able to see the wall detail more than just looking straight down at it. Not just that, but uh, it it gives them more charm. It, it, when you when you look at things from below that are below eye level, they tend to flatten out. Mm-hmm. So it, if you add a little bit of extra height, it actually makes them more charming. It it, it, it adds charm to the structure. It makes them more interesting to look at. Huh. Wait. That's my theory. Anyway. I call it reverse force perspective. So I like it. It's a new technique yeah. we heard yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't usually like I I want I, I don't put like HO buildings in the background or anything like that. Uh, all the buildings on my layout are O scale, but they're small O scale buildings. Okay. So you sense. just so the doors just, are like full size. They're, you just choose to use. You stay within scale, but you just choose to use smaller structures as you go deeper into the layout. Sure, yeah, things that are like high up, higher up, will be all be smaller, 
it's it's all about sight lines. It's like what looks good up there. Right. So that's that's my first question. Right. What looks good from this perspective? Yeah. I, I as a as a commercial artist, as I I've learned to trust my own eye. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not. It's hard for me to explain to other people how to do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, but if it looks good to me, then boom, that's where it's going to go. So. <laughs> No, I get it. It's, I'd like it, to say I have a I have an elaborate formula, but it's, no, no, but it's, it's like a it's a, it's like a gut feeling when you're working on something. And you're like, ah, uh, that's it, right there. That's good. It, it's right. just something when you know it, you feel it. Well, and I also changed my mind a lot. Anybody who's followed the the railroad, and it's been online to follow for you know seven years. Uh, um, knows that I changed my mind a lot. You know, I'll, just, I'll look at this big elaborate idea. I'll, if you've, thing, I'll put this thing there and it's like, nah, I don't want to do that. No, I think that's pretty common. If, if, if you've listened to our podcast oh, yeah. for at least a year now, you'll know that we've, uh, yeah. we've changed our mind a lot. I've now... I don't know how many times we've ripped the entire layout. Just well, this the other week, I was down there. We were down there. I thought whole end it. off. I was at the far end of the layout. He's up the other end. I come walking. I, I got a hammer and a chisel, was, and I'm beating the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I walk up around the corner, and he wa- and he lifts this whole giant chunk of scenery in one <laughs> club. He has it in his hand. I was like, on, "This is hand, gone." Like he's palming a basketball. He's going, <laughs> he's going, "This is gone." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> he's out. Yeah, I'm ripping this out. I don't like this. It's like a chunk of. It was a huge. You know, maybe. Uh, it was three. It was it was four four feet wide by about a foot and a half deep, and I just ripped the whole thing out. Yeah, it was like five inches of five inch high terrain, and it was gone. Right. So it was like that. Well, you know what happens is you get a better idea. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what evolve over time, and well, it becomes okay. I now I have a better idea. And, I, and I'm sure yeah. you guys have run into this. The problem I had was, um, it was it was stopping progress. So. It was like a half done part of my of the of the layout, and it was the end of the. It was a part of our layout that we were looking at, and I kept looking at it. I'm like, ah, I don't know how I'm going to. Okay, I'll just go into it. There's a there was a rock face, and it was on a curve, and I needed to figure out how to build a curved bridge, um, on a grade, to go around a corner around this rock face. So it was going up with the track on a grade around a curve and i'm like ah, i don't want to no. do this i don't want to do this it would look really sweet when i do it but i just don't want to do it and it was right. like a year now and i go you know what screw it i'm knocking this whole thing out i'm gonna build a uh, a grade out of foam base and just have it be ground have it just be yeah. part of the ground and just put a rock wall or something in after it's done um so, you're right. It did hold things up for a and, long and it was just time. it was just one of those things yeah. on a layout or on a diorama that it was just a trouble spot and I just couldn't find yeah. motivation to do that. So I figured this is it. I'm just I'm just gonna suck it up and knock it all out and restart and, and it actually ended up looking a lot better. So yeah. and it's one of those things yeah. also that you learn and, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this. Um, you learn almost daily when you're working on stuff that when you look back at it, you're like, ah, I shouldn't have done it that way. I'm going to read, I'm just going to do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and we never stop learning. Well, and it's important not to be afraid. You don't want to be afraid to do that. No. You want, you want to be able to trust the skills you developed to just go in and say, okay, I'm going to start over. I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and once I did it, 
and now that now that it's dry and it's work the area is now workable again because the the base is dry and it's ready to be worked um i can already feel i'm more confident now that it's going to be a better result than what it was before just from what i've learned from working on the the last few months so it's like anything else we live and you learn and and no matter how long you do this you learn that there's always a better way to do something what's the next question brett all right next question from surprise daniel um daniel says this is for both of you um a lot of modelers use blocks to control sight lines but disney was the master of this do you use those disney principles for the views on your on your railroad layouts if not what do you use Use, I'm sorry, using view, using view a lot more than I do. View uh, blocks. I, I try and get a chance in the layouts that I build, but uh, they're, they're real important things to do, and Dave can tell you more about them on his layout. But you are both. Oh, can, so, real quick. One of my favorite subjects. Real quick. Can, I'm so be, glad Daniel. Yeah. Before, before we go but, into that, can you guys explain real quick yeah. what a view block is, and then we'll go into how you use them? A view block is, is a separation between scenes. Okay. That's all it is. It can be a hill. It can be a tunnel. It can be, you know, anything that keeps you from. It doesn't necessarily. And here's the thing: a view block doesn't necessarily actually need to completely block the view. It it just needs to keep your attention where you want. It kind of It kind of um, compartmentalizes things. Right. Well, it it also. Go ahead. What I noticed it does is it keeps you. It forces you to look at things the way us as artists have created it so that you can get the depth and get the force perspective. And if the view block isn't there and you get a few degrees off to the side and look at it, it kind of ruins the gag. So you need these view blocks to control the way uh, something is looked at. Okay. Uh, right. on, Especially on some sort of effect or that. something that you want them to see. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I don't. I don't use the term view block that much. I, I I think in terms of scenes and transitions, and a view block is really a transition. It's 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 how you get from one scene to the next scene, and that can be like I said, a tunnel or a bridge or whatever. But yeah, it's. Uh, what did Daniel want to know about it? Uh, he was, <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. He was just saying. Um, do you both apply, do you guys apply those Disney the Disney view block view block principle for your model river layouts and if not what Absolutely. do you use? Absolutely. Like if you look at the Thunder Mansion layout, it, it, people are always surprised that you know they see pictures of the scenes, and then they're surprised when they come and see it like how close everything together everything is. It's not a huge layout. You know, there's there's all these scenes, but they're laid out you know, one after the other, and one just transitions into the next. Right. And so there'll be like a ridge of rock or something that separates. Match your view block. And, right. Exactly. Okay. Right. Very I'm, not, cool. I'm not a fan of putting putting big, you know, like bisecting peninsulas with with giant. Uh, 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 backdrops or mountain ranges or things like that. I like to be able to look through it and see the depth, you know, the long, the long distance view. I think my personal opinion, your mileage may vary (laughs) is that model railroads have gotten too shallow. You know, they, they're, you know, these two foot deep shelves and you can do a lot of cool things with, 
with uh, forced perspective and backdrop painting and tricks to make it look deeper, mm-hmm. but there's no actual substitute for real depth right. when looking at a layout. That's one thing people, they look at mine and they can't, maybe they don't know, but I mean, some of the scenes are, you know, they're 16 feet deep. Right. You're, you're looking across 16 actual feet uh, from one corner to the other. So you're seeing a long way. Right. So, I know with anyway. ours, the, the challenge is um, mm-hmm. ours is, is a 360 layout. So mm-hmm. we don't have the liberties of being able to put a backdrop in. Um, right. I mean, unless we completely put one down the well, center. Well, force perspective in the back. Because right. Well, in the, the center. Back, when you walk around the other side, is the front. Right. So, There's yeah. always, you're always on the front. So the, what we're trying yeah, to do, right. what we're trying to do with ours is, is um, build the center. I mean, I guess that would kind of be a view block, but we're going to build up the center uh, because ours mm-hmm. is or, ours is about six feet wide by sixteen feet long. So we're wow. but it's but it's three sixty. So we're going to build the center mm-hmm. up with our taller buildings to kind of be the the center of the city where you know the hu- big big hubbub of the city is, and then. Right. Um, as you come down towards the edges, it's still not going to be short buildings. We, it's a, it's still the entire layout. It's going to be urban, but um, yeah. Right, but, but it's going downhill from the harbor. But our backdrop from the down right, the harbor. Our backdrop is this. Our backdrop is the center. So right. Um, right. with with ours is we're trying to create a scene that we're from any way you look at it from the entire 360 at any part of the layout. We have to think of all four sides of that scene, every single scene, how it's going to look. Right, right. So it just adds yeah, a whole... going to look like from every direction. Yeah, it's, it just adds a whole other uh, level of difficulty because there's no there's no hiding it behind a backdrop or or just saying, well, you won't see right. it from that side. Um, right. <laughs> we well, made well, a, we made you guys it. have a fair amount of curved streets and streets that go uphill. And yes. it just kind of... Yes. Skyline, it just kind of... Uh, you got to walk around it and look at it so you can see all the little nooks and crannies that are kind of hidden further behind your, uh, your your track scenes. That was definitely yes, the goal. And, and every time you put a structure down, it, you know, you had to, I had to look at, I had to walk all over the place and check out each angle because I put them down and going, oh, this looks amazing like this. And then you get to the other side and you're going, oh, this looks like ass on this side, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, because it doesn't look right, you know? And, and when we do these buildings, you know, we have seen the models that we've made and we, we, we do do them on, you know, we, we detail all four sides of a model or all six sides of a That's model. That's the other problem we have is because well, now, the, now we don't know which side to hide because we, tra- yeah. we put so much detail into all four sides of our buildings. But, but you have to do it that way because once you go to place it, uh, you know, you need to have, you know, if you have to turn it or remove it, it's got to already have, it's got to be detailed. It's got to be done. And, um, you know, you, you guys are at a point with your layout where you're going to start needing to design structures that are a certain shape to fill a certain area that are yes. detailed to, to fit your eye lines because you're going to get to a point where no kit is going to fit left in the spots you've got. We're really, really, uh, yeah, we are, um, <laughs> we, we are already starting to, to do that. I know I've, yeah. I've scratch built a few like little corner triangle structures and we're going to be doing that way more here soon. Um, we yeah. also didn't. We also didn't make our sh- our street shapes are not very uh, friendly for buildings, so we're going to be making a lot of scratch built structures that fit weird corners soon. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that'll be fun. That, that'll make for some more interesting that's, stuff. That's the fun part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's what makes it unique. Yeah, it's neat. You yeah. take a, you take a, you know, we'll have like a six or eight story building in the center, like we were talking about, and then down from it, you know, there's, you know, right around it, it'll be some smaller, you know, three, four story buildings. Not they're not that they're not that they're real small, but they're smaller. And then, um, you know, and then in the pockets in between in alleys and stuff, you'll have little tinier structures that'll fit into there. And um, yeah. that, that's how we're going to place it. We're going to compact everything as much as possible. So, anyhow, very cool. That's, we're getting we're getting off of us. We're getting on us and and off of them a little bit. Let's uh, let's get back uh, on to them. It's, it's all kind of still part of yeah, the yeah. So. It's all the hobby, yeah. you know, yeah. on the topic with this. Oh yeah. All right. So let's actually get into. Um, that was Daniel's last question. <laughs> Let's do. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Actually, yeah, Dan, I'm 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 happy that I started from the bottom because I think the I think your your first one, which was actually the last one we just did, was probably my favorite of your questions on the on the view blocks. So, oh yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, the the next set of questions, and these are from Dan. And we'll try and fire these ones off quick because they're kind of. Um, we hit some of them earlier, and uh, some of them are pretty quick. Um, but basically, Dan Pugach was asking, why did you start Crescent Creek Models? Like, what was the main drive behind? And you kind of touched on this earlier, um, but what was what was your main drive behind doing this together with you guys? Our, our retirement plan. Reasons. <laughs> retirement plan. Gotcha. Well, we, we figured that uh, maybe starting a restaurant wasn't risky enough uh, or, or, or a rock band, you know? Yeah. I was going to be a professional poet, but I figured we couldn't lose money fast enough that way. No, uh, I think it's, it's any time you start any kind of creative endeavor, be it a model railroad or you make it a movie or writing a book or illustrating a comic book or starting a model company it's because you want to see it right you do it you do it because you want to be want it to be real yes right. you get an idea and this is speaking only for myself you get an idea and you think well this would be really cool no one else is doing this so i guess i have to do it <laughs> so you want you want to see you do it for the joy of creating it you do it because you want it you want it to be a real thing right Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I also think you get to design something that you get to share with people. And instead of me building right. one kit or, or one structure that I scratch build and say, oh, look at that. Gee, I'd like one. Okay, well, now we can send you one because we've made right. something that <laughs> right. we can share with other people. Get, and yeah. and, it, and uh, it, not everybody has both, these skills. Right. Go we ahead, both Dave. get that a lot. We, we we get that a lot. People say, "Oh, you you should do a kit of that." Or where where did you where did you get? It? I get that all the time because I design my own structure. How do I get Jake one of those? A lot of it. How do I get one of those? And we are both we both really enjoy sharing the hobby with other people. We really enjoy like if you go on my website, so there's free stuff here. Look at this, and I blog about it and uh, on Facebook and stuff all the time. So we both really enjoy sharing that sharing aspect of it, you know, sharing techniques, sharing materials, sharing plans and kits and things like that. I find that, that to be the most, I find that be, to be the most amazing thing about um, this hobby is mm -hmm. that almost all of the manufacturers we've talked to, actually, I'll take that back. 
all the manufacturers that we've talked to and all of the people who make models that we talk to um, kind of share that common theme of they just like to watch other people enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah. And by, right. cr- by creating, the, you know, you guys, I'm sure, just like all these other people, you put a lot of thought and a lot of heart into what you're working on. And when you see someone else build something that you've done, um, no matter their skill and no matter where they are in, in modeling, um, everyone's got to start somewhere, but you still get some mm-hmm. kind of joy no matter how far along they are with skill or whatever whatever point in modeling they are by just doing and doing something and enjoying and relaxing with something that you created for them to make. There's got to be some right. kind of pleasure in that. And, and, yeah, and absolutely. I think that's the core of what everyone we've talked to, including you guys now, have said, had that same common theme. And I love that. About a week and a half ago when I was in Utah, I uh, looked up a a fellow modeler who models Colorado narrow gauge, and I looked at this little town that he was building, and all of a sudden, there's a building that I designed when I did a design (laughs) for Jimmy Simmons over at Monster Model Works, and I said, do you know which building I designed on your layout? (laughs) And he had to scratch his head and think about it, and I said, it's that saloon right there. And uh, it got to talking about, hey, uh, maybe there's some other structures you could do for your kit line that would look good on my railroad. And so, you know, it's it's great to see that people are interested in your stuff, and and that it has a home. So that's cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's and, uh, just. And we got to thank you, by the way. Um, you sent us um, some. Oh, your sewer grate. The sewer grates and. We, we not loved sewer, no, I'm sorry. They weren't sewer grates. They were manhole covers. Manhole covers. Manhole yeah. Covers. Now, Jake. And they, yeah. I got, I got a. We we did you see we put one down? Are you there? What's that, guys? Did you see we put one of your yeah. manhole covers down? No, I didn't. I I can't believe oh, I missed that. I put it. Oh, it's on our Facebook and our Instagram. I'll send you a picture of it uh, um, later. But it is on our Facebook. We we did put one in the streets. Um, I have a great story for you. Go ahead. Please. Okay, but 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 we do have the other ones. There was the one that was like a coaster size. Yeah, and you sent us two of them, right? Those are coasters, guys. Those well, are coasters, man. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. what my dad and I are going to do with them. We're going to paint them. What's that? We're hey, still he, using them as a coaster. We're going to paint them. We're going to use them as and coasters. But but what we're going to do is my dad has one and I have one, and we're both going to take them and paint them. Uh, the full the, the full size like whatever the coaster scale coaster scale that's a new scale we, that's the second scale we made up tonight coaster scale but uh, the the coaster scale ones we're gonna actually paint and weather them like they were uh, you know we can, we can take a little bit more uh, awesome. li- little bit more liberties with them in far as far as making them a lot more realistic and we're gonna paint our own like uh, ultra realistic manhole cover coasters and then uh, yeah. uh him and i are cool. both going to take a whack at it and make turn them into coasters so uh well they are coasters well they are coasters but we're going to use we're going to use them yeah. as coasters but we want to paint them up and do them you I know really really gnarly looking before we use them <laughs> yeah so that's cool uh, yeah they're awesome that's and that, that's we we thank you uh for sending those and and we're gonna sure. make sure our, all our roads are gonna have some uh, manhole covers and and maybe that'll be something down the line that you guys are gonna uh, have for sale on your on, with your company as well. And I will, um, I'll, and I'll send you the picture of the one we threw down into the street, actually yeah, on yeah. our layout. Um, 
And I'll tell you, what the one trick I used, it was I used the top, the top of a pen, and I just punched a tiny little dent in the foam base that we had on the street. Oh. Um, and then I could sink Ooh. it just not very – I didn't do it very hard. Obviously, I don't want to jump, I don't want to put a hole all the way through the plywood. But um, but I, I poked just a little like a sixteenth of an inch deep little divot in the in the foam. And then I just took a little bit of tacky glue and just stuck it down in there once it was – obviously, I painted it first and weathered it first. Yeah, and just stuck cool. it down in there. And then I took some chalk around where the, 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 the crease was from – because the hole was a little bit bigger than the manhole cover. So I took a little bit of black and brown chalk and just kind of weathered around it. But I'll send you a picture and show you how it looked. It turned out awesome. Cool. Oh, it looks cool. I mean, so, some of the roads cracking away around it and everything. It looks really it good. It looks cool. But, so, um, all right. Well, we have kept talking about too. manhole covers, and I, I had to, I had to, uh, you, you baited me. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Remember you guys oh. kept talking about manhole covers on your shows? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, you're talking about manhole covers again. It's like, I'm just going to get them some manhole covers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and then. Well, now we have the, enough uh, for the whole stencils. city. You did stencils for the road. Right. Which were awesome. Right. And we love them. Thanks. And, of course, some of, the, our, some of our listeners got them as, as gifts as well. And. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, well, I see a great opportunity in stenciling for you guys for uh, for i'm sure you're already thinking down that avenue but um not, not just road stencils but for you know sign stencils. Sign. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of great things you guys could do that way that really haven't been touched other than you, you'll get a stencil sign sometimes in a kit with certain manufacturers we'll have one a specific stencil now, put on a bit are those those stencils? Are they laser cut? I'm sure they're laser cut. Yeah, yeah, they're laser yeah. cut. So, um, I, you know what? I almost don't want to say this because it, I don't want to give it away. Hmm. Well, then we'll say it off but, the air. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna save that one for you guys. I, I got an idea for you guys, but I don't want to say it on here. I, I want to kind of keep it for <laughs> you. I'll give it to you next. There are copycats out there. Anyways, so all right, all so right. we'll just leave it be. So I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you my manhole cover. Go story for the manholes. Yeah, What's that? that? Okay, so <laughs> I'm making this uh, this road area or this paved area for this large O scale layout, and I take a piece of masonite and I paint it with uh, dark gray paint and I mix up rock tumbling media in it, so I get the pavement texture. And you might have seen some of the pictures that I posted. So we glue this down over a giant seam on these tables and there's a high spot and it's not fitting right. And it's just little subtleties that really needed to be dealt with. So I have to take right in the middle of this street and put a, a, a drywall screw right in it to suck down all the wood. So it lays flat. So I realized that my manhole covers had an alternate purpose and I took a, a, a Forstner bit that was exactly <laughs> the same size as the manhole cover. Now, mind, mind you, this is O-scale, so these covers a little bigger. Put uh-huh. the screw in, back to the screw out, took the Forstner bit, and just kissed the surface of it so that it was the depth of the manhole cover. Put the screw back in, tightened everything up, tacky glued the manhole cover in, and now the screw is gone. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's just, this is what, quite what an accident. Disney will do to you. 
So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake, that's why you get the big money, man. That's yeah, yeah. Like I, I think of all these great ideas. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. All right. Well, we actually have a, a couple more questions before we wrap up from Dan. So, okay. and then we'll, and then I think we can call this one a night. But um, yeah. uh, what was here here? Uh, what was your best learning? What? What was your best learns starting at a company so others hang Skip on? Skip that crap. What was your best Come on, Dan, put it together. Dan, I what was your best learn starting a company so learning so others who want to do the same avoid the pitfall? Okay. What did you learn that while starting up this company and, and beginning from, you know, scratch, uh, that others maybe want to avoid? I guess is what he's trying uh, to say. You know, you'll have to ask us that question in a few years. Yeah, you Dave guys are pretty I new. We'll have you on for episode – we're going to have you on for episode 150. And, okay, uh, there you go. And then we'll ask you that question again. Um, <laughs> and then last two questions is uh, please give us a teaser about what is coming up with your signature line kits. I know – there might be we might not be able to talk about that we might be able to so just give us what you can and then uh we'll move on i i'll say this it's an iconic structure for a man who loved railroads and then zip it there you go i I love it that's a good teaser he did just say a teaser so we'll just leave it at that that's all we can say that's a good teaser um and the last one is really not a question but it's more of a kudos to you guys which i agree with um did you guys know that you are amazing for offering free paper models forward slash plans on your website seriously how did you guys avoid being ruined by capitalism and stay human by offering some free stuff so that is gonna change We we've been trying to get ruined by capitalism. We can't do it yet. It just won't let us do it. It just won't let us. Uh, I mean, I do. I do. We're on our way. We're on our way. I do love the. I do love the uh, idea of still, even when you guys do transition into starting to sell more, um, you know, more and more stuff. I do think it's important, and I'm sure you guys agree, to still offer value. Um, va- some value added stuff uh, to your customers and I think that's oh, yeah. kind of what you're already providing so um, that is a big kudos and you don't see that very often thank you you, know, you gotta it's, 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 it's supposed to be fun right you know, that's, it's, a, it's a fun hobby it's supposed to be <laughs> I, I don't want to leach the fun out of it right you know, and, there's, and, there, and I think within the craftsman world there's a lot of there is a lot of that um, we've had a few yeah. other people on the show. Um, I know, uh, um, oh shoot. Bill Sartori has the, the light bite. Was it light bites? He's yeah. got the light bites mm-hmm. and that's a cool, like, um, you know, instructional series on how to do the electronics and wiring. Um, and Ron Clayce from, yeah. from Microlumina and Ron Clayce from Mind Mount Models has his own, um, he's got the PDFs on how to do stuff and, and he's doing a lot of information on his stuff as well as uh, right. his instructions are just killer. So there's a lot of um, right. lot of cool uh, little 
things that are being offered in addition, kind of a value-added stuff um, that you don't necessarily need to, you know, break the bank to get some good information right. from from this hobby. Well, yeah, along that line, I mean, going forward, I mean, I've, I've done, not with Jake, but I've done a lot of some how-to videos and yeah. stuff in the past. Yeah, totally. And we were definitely going to be doing that in conjunction with the kits. You know, pro tips here, do this if you want to get this effect or, or you know, step-by-steps and how right. to put it, parts together, <clears throat> well, things like that. So, yeah, we're, that, that stuff's going to be available. And the nice thing is I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you guys will be doing those on, like, YouTube or Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. That that kind of stuff is, is, is super valuable because, um, you know, say I get a kit from you guys and I use those tips and I make my kit from you look just superb. But then a year later, I'm working on something completely different, unrelated, just maybe it's a scratch build that I'm working on, or I'm working on redoing something else from, you know, a different kit that I just wasn't quite happy with. I can always go back. Um, and there's this video library that you guys provide and, right. and you're just staying, it's, it helps you stay relevant to them. And then it allows them to get a little bit of uh, you know, they learn from you and, and I think that's the main part of this whole hobby is that we all learn, we all learn from each other. So, because everyone's got something to offer. You, you guys have done such a good job between the two of you and Jason Jensen putting together all the video builds of uh, the Pops thing. I, yeah. I, I, I hope that you give Dave and I a shot about designing your next Pop or your next uh, build kit. We, I think we'd have a lot of yeah. fun. We have some things up our out, sleeves. And it won't be our, it definitely won't be our last. We learned, we, we definitely, being our first one though, uh, we learned some things to not do uh, for the first one. Um, you know, uh, being our first, being the first for anything, you know, everyone, you guys are well aware when you do something for the first time, no matter how experienced you are in the, 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 the subject matter, it was a first live build with a group of 30 or 40 people that uh, we had to try to, we had to try to tame 30 or 40 people all at once to to get on this live to get on this live build yeah, wow. and three different modelers doing three different yeah, three well, different styles and we and, and, and but we're also trying to teach modelers we're also trying to teach build, people who are building these kits who are ranging from beginners all the way to um, professional builders yeah. and um yeah. You know, we learned a little bit from the beginning, but we're definitely going to be doing one again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, and we we will keep you in mind for right, if you guys design something along that lines down the road, we will we will definitely talk to you about working with that. So fantastic. Um, um, uh-huh. And I have a question on. Let's go back to the manhole covers, quick. Sure. Manhole covers on our manhole covers, which we failed to mention. Um, I think we did some, put some photos up of them on our Facebook page somewhere at some point when we got these. But they say Wiley Municipal Water District. So he personalized these, obviously. Now, my question is, and and you did this not just on our coasters, but they, they also say it on our regular manhole covers on the ones or HO scale. Would you have the capability, if you were going to sell them, to make them where they could go on their website and then just type in, maybe I'll give you an idea, type in whatever they would like on their manhole cover, and you could laser cut that onto that particular manhole cover. Like We could probably do that. It's going to take a little bit of uh, sit-down time on our part to personalize them. <laughs> and it might I think be something... We're gonna, I, I, 
I was going to say it might be. I think we're going to have to get the generic ones out there first, and yeah. if guys are really excited about it, then maybe we'll uh, and it, personalize yeah, I was thinking it. That would be so cool if you could, like, you know, it might be, put down, like, if you have, if you're, like, the Tuscaloosa Railroad, and you know, the Tuscaloosa, the town or whatever, or I don't know if it is a town, I think it's a mountain, but uh, it's, a uh, you know, and let's say put in you know it could be a town know. our town name's made up too so yeah true. but, but exactly. it, it might be cool to be to do it as a like okay okay well here's your generic manhole covers and for yeah. for whatever uh an extra whatever 10 bucks you can get this many manhole covers with your town name on it so right. i don't know what your setup charges are i'm not trying to make up prices but i'm just saying that that would be a really cool thing to be able to personalize uh something yeah. like that um yeah it was really cool think- we we, we obviously I did some took research. Good, Jake. Uh, I did some research on the manhole covers, and the door is wide open for so many different <laughs> styles. <laughs> Who knew there were so many different manhole covers? Size manhole covers. Oh no, so, uh, But then you get somebody with a name like you know Papadopoulos. <laughs> yeah. You can't put it in there. A really long Polish name, or you know, with a or Greek, and it just is not going to fit. <laughs> right, yeah, it's a, yeah, good point. Uh, good point. Very cool. But, you know, just an idea, and, and, and you know, I I guess I took I took what you obviously did something really nice for us, and we appreciate that. Yes. And uh, and by labeling it. And, and well, and now that we have, and us. now that we finally have some streets that are going down, <laughs> uh, where our streets yeah. are our streets are expanding yeah. by the week. So as our streets are going down, we're going to be punching these babies into our streets. Um, and like I said, I'm going to send you a picture here of, uh, the, our first cool. official manhole cover. You know, it's the kind of product where you've got to hand somebody a set of reading glasses and say, here, I want to show you this really cool, tiny, tiny little but detail. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> we know it. We know it's there and our listeners know it's there and that's all that matters. Yeah. Cause that's I, cool. cause I know it says Wiley's municipal. Yeah. Yeah. It's only it's only the kind of detail that like a, a just a super uh, a super OCD detail person like us would even care about that it's there. <laughs> you know, you bring your in laws through and you you show them whatever, and they're like, "Oh, well, this manhole cover says Wiley's on it," and they're gonna go, "What? Where? I don't see that." Yeah. Well, don't worry, it's there. I know it's there. You know, it's it's something like That's that. That's what happens when you guys start asking for manhole covers. It's like I couldn't <laughs> just give you a generic one. It had to have your name on. I love it. it. it I love it. It was great. But um, cool. Well, um, did you guys have anything else uh, for the night? I know we covered all of our patron questions. Um, uh, yeah, think- you asked me. You asked me about some kits or some pictures that I had recently posted yes. on the internet. Yes. I wasn't sure what you wanted to know. Um, I did want to talk about that real quick, and uh, thank you for bringing that up. It was the one was the water tower that you actually posted on our overtime group. I was interested ah. in that. The scratch build water tower. Yeah. For the what's it so, called the shady uh, found, the shady rest hotel shady rest that, that's a television show before your time Brad I hate oh, to say it but turn, uh, okay <laughs> thanks hey I am Junction changing was uh, was I, a show uh, back in the sixties and uh, it was a tiny little railroad that had gotten cut off from the main line and they would always stop for water at this place and stop at the hotel and the the engineer and the conductor made up their own schedule and these. Uh, girls in the opening credits are uh, swimming in the in the water tank, and so it's it's kind of one of these, I remember uh, that. you know, uh, imaginary west uh, <laughs> locales. 
and I had plans for it. They were in the Narrow Gauge Gazette, and I picked up a kit that had some parts in it, and I just kept all the castings throughout the directions and started to build this thing. And I was like, I've got to get the sign right, but I'm not sure if my customer wants it. And then he told me he'd been on the set of the show, and I'm like, I'm gluing it on. He knows exactly what this is. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can compare the sign that I made with the pictures, and I was really I had to nail it. So I love it. Well, even though that reference yeah. went way over my head because uh, I'm of my age, and uh, I love the build. It is an awesome build, and uh, I, I, I I see the photo reference that you put up beside it, and it's like a uncanny reference. It's it's it's. It's very extremely close to what what the photo reference is, so that very cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess yeah. it looks like you just have a a few small pieces to add to it yet, and then it's all done. Yeah. There's a ladder that needs to go on the lower half. Yeah, and you can't really see the mechanism um, from the top because I, I didn't take a picture looking down onto the green uh, plexi that I put on there. But uh, but for um, all intents and purposes, it, it, it's. Yeah, it's it's mostly done. Yeah, and the only other one I had so, to laugh maybe at. I some... Go ahead. What's that? Oh, I was gonna say the I, only. I, maybe other... I should put some dresses hanging over the side, but. Uh, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Where are the girls? Yeah, well, I wasn't sure if if the missus, uh, who is uh, oh. very involved in her husband's train layout, wanted that aspect uh, on <laughs> on the the uh, family train layout. So. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Those figures. <laughs> <laughs> you get they have those prizer figures now, you know. Anyways. Yeah, prizer. Yeah, this is O scale. I don't know oh. who makes a sexy uh, <laughs> uh... It might be too detailed for O scale, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh the only other one I had to get a giggle about earlier was when you posted the the it looks like a it's a it's a some kind of a tower. Um red building. Is it a Oh, that's a minehead. Minehead. Oh yeah, oh, minehead. But you, you, the, it looked great, and I didn't even see anything until you said, "Yikes! It looks like I need some serious work on that roof." I had to get a, I just had to get a quick laugh out of that, just because you. Uh, oh, it's you, all warped. It peeled and it up a little. Fit, but I used plastic. It's just, it was one of those things where it's like, oh gee. I didn't even see that I, though. So it, but it looks awesome. It is a cool build you did. I love it. And I, I am I am super jealous because we don't get to do any of the cool mining town, uh, like like out west western scenes. And and my dad and I have, uh, are in love with that kind of um, history and that just that era. But it just doesn't fit with obviously we're not a New England sea town sure, in the 1930s sure. is not going to have yeah. a minehead. It's just not going to fit. <laughs> right. But, uh, right. Uh, I love well, seeing. Then you have to do what I do and just start a whole new project. Oh, you know, hey, you know what? I'm sure. <laughs> do a little diorama. I'm sure my yeah. wife would love that. Um, yeah. I'll just take up more of the house I'm with an mantle. A, a, yeah, a whole new, <laughs> whole new section of the house. I'm just gonna take it over. So, <laughs> anyways, you only live once, but um, I think that's all I had actually. And um, yeah, I think we covered a lot. I mean, we were gonna get to yeah. some of our benches, but we're we're pushing two hours here now. So. No, it, it turned <laughs> out. <laughs> hey, I, guys, I had a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys did. And uh, yeah, great. It was it was an awesome time, and I appreciate yeah. it. I, I would actually love to get you guys both back on here sometime in the future. Um, yeah, maybe this summer. But maybe to talk get a, you both back on and maybe talk. Maybe, oh, maybe sorry, well, I was gonna say once you guys kind of get a little bit more um, 
you know, a little bit more headwind under your project and a little bit, little bit farther along with what you're working on as far as um, your kits and what you're what kind of is under wraps right now. Uh, when you're ready to talk yeah, about sure. that, we'd love to have you back on. We would no, like love to. to actually be able to talk about it. <laughs> and that would be great. Rather than rather than teasing everyone so much, it would be great. Right. Um, but it's still fun to get you guys on and kind of... Uh, I'd also like to get you both on and talk a little bit about, uh, I, you know, your techniques and things on, on modeling. Itself. Sure. So, so I would like to do that this summer, regardless of where you're at. Yeah. And, um, you know, if we can combine them together, we will. But if not, we'll just go with the technique kind of show and have you both on and uh, pick your brains a little bit about uh, totally. the techniques that you guys use, uh, you know, based on your style of modeling, because we do have a lot of, uh, of our listeners uh, that are into the Western style railroading. Well, and so, not just Western style right? railroading, but we have a lot of listeners that are into ON3, as my dad oh, called yes. it. Uh, ON30. ON3. <laughs> but uh, we have a lot of... And we have both good scales. <laughs> yeah, we have, a lot of, we have a lot of other listeners that work with other scales. Um, <laughs> even if we made them up tonight, uh, I'm sure there's a listener out there that likes that scale. And uh, um, it would just be cool to get you guys in to talk a little bit more about variations in... in uh, other than just HO scale with what we work with all the time. So, um, be happy to do it. Totally. So we'll cool. get you guys back on this yeah. summer for Excellent. sure. Excellent. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, that's it. We're going to call this one a wrap. You got it. Thanks guys. Have a good night. Thank you bet. As we wrap up, we just wanted to recognize, uh, all the men and women of the U S armed forces, uh, in the history of the U S armed forces that have, uh, given their lives to, serve in the U.S. military and protect the United States. So for our U.S. listeners, uh, while you're out enjoying your Memorial Day weekend, just take a moment to just reflect upon that and um, just kind of be grateful that, that uh, they were able to do that for us and be so self uh, selfless in their actions. So have a happy Memorial Day, everybody. Our international listeners, hey, you guys have a happy Memorial Day too. So, all right, guys, we're logging off for the night. Later. Later.